Hi, welcome to my podcast episode. My name is Melanie Solano, and I'm a clinical mental health counseling student at Wright State University pursuing my master's degree. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about career counseling. Career counseling is pretty complex. Today, I want to talk a little bit about counseling theories, methods of assessment, how these assessments have grown as the counseling field has grown, and how to apply these career counseling theories to multicultural populations. Let's get started. I wanted to point out at first that I think it's really important to um, learn a little bit about the history of assessments as I'm going to be a future counselor, um, and we can't really understand the assessments of career counseling without kind of acknowledging um, where what theories they came from, um, how they were developed, and then kind of the purpose of giving these assessments in career counseling um, and how that's going to benefit our clients. The first theory that I wanted to talk about is called trait and factor theory. This is a theory that was developed by Frank Parson and it's based on vocational the vocational counseling paradigm. Essentially, the goal is to match the traits of the uh, client of the individual with occupation expectations. Um, so essentially trying to find things that based on the traits of the client are going to match up with a career position. Um, for example, a person who loves to be around people might be good in a role that works with a lot of people, something such as sales, politics, medicine, teaching, or even public relations. Um, in contrast, somebody who doesn't like to be around people as much or maybe feels socially awkward in uh, situations with a lot of people, it might be the opposite. They might do better at an individualized role, um, maybe where they don't have to talk to people as much either on the phone or face-to-face -face, um, and something that's more um, independently run. Further testing can help narrow down what other traits may make certain occupations more desirable for that particular client. Um, and again, career counseling really is an individualized, um, an individualized treatment. The next theory I wanted to talk about is person-environment correspondence theory. This can also be called the theory of work adjustment. In this theory, it's stated that the level of satisfaction in the workplace is important to the individual. As human beings, we are not just creatures of habit. We are not just people in motion that we want to kind of get satisfaction out of the tasks that we're doing every day. As I was reading the text, I continued to think of the term make a living. People say, I make a living doing XYZ. And yeah, it refers to employment. But when you think about it, it can really be in terms of what pays for you, what pays you to do what you want to do um, and the satisfaction that you're getting out of your life. Occupational reinforcements help employees feel satisfaction in the workplace and are associated with work adjustment. Occupational reinforcements is a term that you hear a lot when you're um, reading about the person-environment correspondence theory. It's important as a career counselor to acknowledge the relationships between coworkers and management um, with the individual, and then also looking for opportunities of autonomy, responsibility, self-expression, and the opportunity to serve others. The last theory I want to talk about is called John Holland's typology. In John Holland's typology, 
personality is highly related to career choices. It's said that a individual is going to choose a career based on the primary personality trait or traits that they have. There is a high emphasis on self-knowledge and self-expression and self-acceptance. Six modal personal types are accustomed in this theory. Those are realistic, investigative, artistic, social, enterprising, and conventional personal styles. For a realistic personal style, this person may have low social skills, prefer factual information instead of abstract or complex discussion, and you may see this person in an occupational environment in a career that maybe includes welders, plumbers, or other skilled tradesmen or women. Investigative personal styles are analytical-minded people who are often interested in math and science. They're usually task-oriented, and someone might describe them as being intellectual and independent. And they may not be a natural leader and are often reserved. Examples of occupational environments include laboratory technicians, chemists, physicists, or mathematicians, maybe even working on electronics. An artistic personal type are often described as imaginative and introspective. These people are likely to express themselves through artistic mediums, and they value aesthetics and the creation of art forms. Examples of this occupational environment could be a sculptor, musician, artist, editor, writer, or designer. The social modal personal styles, that personality is going to be somebody who's really good at communication and they have good social interaction. They enjoy helping with social problems and they are very community service oriented. Examples of this environment in career field could be teaching, education administrator, nurse, or social workers. To be an enterprising personal type, this is somebody who prefers to be in leadership roles. They're often called ambitious and persuasive, and they have great verbal skills. Examples of this occupation environment could include sales positions and managerial personnel. And the last modal personal type is going to be conventional. These people are pretty sociable, but they're kind of conservative as well. They prefer structured tasks. And examples of occupation environments for this is going to be office or clerical workers, such as a timekeeper, accountant, bank teller, or even a secretary. This theory is really beneficial in terms when people aren't really sure about their interests, but they are aware of who they are as a person. Now I want to transition and talk a little bit about the assessments and instruments that are available and how we use them in the career counseling field. The first assessment I want to talk about is called the Work Values Inventory. This is going to be related to the Person Environment Correspondence Theory that I previously talked about. This inventory intends to measure how people find pleasure and satisfaction in the work that they do. This is mostly used with populations of people who maybe currently feel unhappy in the work that they're doing and where they're working now. There's also an assessment called the self-directed search, and this is going to be related to John Holland's theory. In this theory, there's a coded system that helps identify the three most dominant traits in that individual, 
as we talked about before, and help narrow down career paths that may have a greater interest to them based on what those personality traits are. This is really commonly used in high school students or others who don't have that much work experience. The development of these instruments is really astounding. The work values inventory was a test that was originated in the 1940s. When it began, it was usually administered manually with the paper and pencil and kind of stopped being used towards the late 1990s. Then it was refurbished and is now electronically administered. It's self-assessed and self-reported and self-scored. The self-directed search was also originated in the 1970s. It's been revised four times between then and 1994, which was the time it was most recently revised. This is also a self-administered, self-reported, and self-scored exam. When you take the self-directed search, the exam includes the assessment workbook, the occupations finder, and the You and Your Career booklet. The You and Your Career booklet is unique to this test, and it essentially shares how to analyze your results and what some next steps may look like for you. With all counseling methods, there are limitations. One limitation that is really important to discuss is the administration of the test. Because these assessments are self-administered and self-scored, that can be a limitation in terms of outcome. Both the self-directed search and the work values inventory are limited in terms of the administration. It's also important to note what is being measured in these tests. Yes, these tests are really great for measuring values and interests and personality traits. However, these tests fail to assess professional history and background, including formal schooling, any earned degrees or licensures, or anything that may be relevant in a professional setting. These tests also fail to assess the ability and aptitude to complete tasks and perform in the workplace. The last part of career counseling theories and assessments that I wanted to discuss today is regarding the cultural sensitivity needs that need to be applied to people of diverse populations. As counselors, we have a moral and ethical duty to provide adequate and culturally appropriate counseling for our clients, and we need to be informed on the best course of care. When talking about career counseling, my mind initially goes to gender roles in terms of cultural sensitivity. Men and women have had gender roles that have been being fought against for years. Women professionally are typically in caring and nurturing roles, and men are typically in more domineering and leadership roles. More recently, we've seen more male nurses and teachers than we have in many years before, and we've seen far more women CEOs and doctors than we have ever. As a counselor, we need to encourage both men and women to break these outdated standards for their specified gender, and it's important to allow an individual to feel fulfilled in their professional life with the things that they really care about. Based on the history of these assessments of career counseling, we've learned that not all methods were created with cultural competency in mind. In fact, when the work values inventory was created in the 1940s, public schools were still segregated. So it's very clear that back then it wasn't all up to date to where things are now. And although things have been modified, we do know that not all career assessments have accurately acknowledged or reflected the values or interests 
of both the genders and of people who are culturally diverse. It's simply put, there is no test that will give us everything we need to know about a client, which is why we have counselors. Taking an online assessment can certainly be helpful to a person looking for direction in terms of their professional life, but meeting with a counselor in person for an evaluation and discussion, maybe even on an ongoing basis, can be highly beneficial to starting a positive career in a professional setting.